the, the donut, donut box. The donut box. An eating disorder is a complex mental health condition that leads to disturbances in a person's eating behavior, which can come from anxiety, emotional distress, or body image. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the subtle signs of disordered eating and eating disorders. They're not always blatant and outright where somebody is just not eating or somebody is binging in front of you, but very small subtle signs that could show us that somebody is struggling with the relationship with food. Now, I will share a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about disordered eating, eating disorders, anorexia, and bulimia in this episode. So if you feel like you are not ready for this conversation, then we'll see you in the next episode. My name is Joe Sebastian. I'm a registered nutritionist and dietitian, and this is The Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually do not talk about. This is not meant to diagnose you or tell you that you have an eating disorder, but hopefully to spread awareness when it comes to these things. So if you're ready, let's unbox this story. It's Joe. And it's Elijah. And you're listening to The The Donut Donut Box. Okay, another episode. This one's going to be a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's get it going. (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's just get straight into it. So for this episode, the reason or the inspiration for this one is because there was a article um, that came out around August, but the title mm-hmm. is Warning Signs That a Friend or a Loved One Might Be Suffering from Anorexia. So this is this was a very interesting article for me because I think not a lot of people really talk about these topics, you know, not a lot yeah. of people really open up about these and a lot of these signs I was very relating I was like relating to a lot of them um in terms of like what I was going through when I had my disordered eating phases so I feel like this is a topic that we should talk about because there are always there are there are obvious signs of people who are struggling with disordered eating but there are also very subtle signs of um disordered eating that we might have to be aware of and look into yeah i uh, i agree with you that especially eating disorders aren't really taken as seriously as we want them to be taken yes right Mm -hmm. so even sometimes in in society with the younger generation well i'm not sure how much it's changed over the past 10 years hopefully in a more positive way but like back in when i was in high school eating disorders weren't really a thing or if they were they were like they would use it as like an insult or like you would make fun of the person mm-hmm. but you'd yeah, never like, are you anorexic or something you know like that yeah yeah mm-hmm. like that yeah like a typical like typical mean girls type of thing mm-hmm. um i wouldn't know now because well i'm not in high school anymore <laughs> but i feel like recently there's been you know people have been shedding light on the seriousness of eating disorders but i still mm-hmm. feel like it's not getting enough attention where people should actually take it seriously and it really does ruin lives you know exactly eating disorders are still a mental health concern you know they're really a mental a health condition that we have to take more seriously because they do take lives and i think that's something that people tend to forget or tend to not realize yeah. you know yeah um <laughs> let's actually talk about this so i don't know if you've seen this this um what do you call this this tiktok there's this tiktok of these two girls they were on a podcast and then one of them were like uh i love my mental disorder they're like i love my mental illness it's what makes me more me and then there's so many people who started like stitching it and being like yeah if your mental illness make causes you like debilitating anxiety and pain i don't think you would love your mental illness and then i saw somebody stitch it who said when i was in my eating disorder i don't think it made it more me it made me actually, it took away from my life. And that's what really hit me. I was like, yes, that's true. I forgot, like, for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, eating disorders are a mental health concern, like, such a big part of that. And, like, it really did take so away so much of my life. It just reminded me of that. And that's why I feel like this episode would be very important. Yeah, like, for me, it was the exact opposite, right? Like, not only did it take 
my life away from me, but it made me feel like I wasn't being me because I was mm-hmm. hiding a lot of things from like, yes. oh, I would go out and eat with friends and then I would like scurry to the bathroom type of thing. And, you know, those type of situations made me feel like crap and it didn't make me feel good about it. And yet I still did it because I didn't know I had a problem. I did, but I didn't know that it was a problem, you know, mm-hmm. it, like that type of mentality where it's like, yeah, oh, it's not serious. And like it's just a uh, me happy. thing. I'll get through it, you know. Like yeah, it's just exactly. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that mental health um, awareness is is becoming a bigger thing, especially with you know therapy. People like you know better help. This is not an ad, by the way. Like you you get <laughs> you, you, like you see that everywhere now, where people are advocating for even if you don't have a mental health, that getting therapy is, is good. But now we should also try to include, you know, eating disorders to it. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, I guess this topic in a way can help. By the way, guys, we're not because we're not doing this because we're trying to help you diagnose yourself or diagnose yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. This, is least, not, this is just like, I just wanna, this is not yeah. a TikTok video where like, if you feel these things, you have <laughs> have this yeah. health concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even if I do, even if I am an MD, Joe's a dietitian, it takes a lot to diagnose somebody. It takes a mm-hmm. lot of training. It takes, you know, one one v one conversations and yes. and, mm-hmm. and 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 consultations. But we're just doing this in a way to spread awareness. Yes, and maybe if you or someone you know um, aligns with these different things, maybe you can tell them to maybe hey. Or you can you can seek proper guidance for yourself or mm-hmm. advise someone to do so. Yes, especially before it becomes too late. And that's the biggest thing that we're trying to do before it becomes a very intense um, part. Because Spiral. For example, <laughs> anorexia can lead to a lot of heart issues, osteoporosis, kidney problems, and can even be fatal. You know, there are a yeah. lot of mental health, uh, sorry, a lot of eating disorders that can be quite fatal. Yeah. So, yeah, bulimia, we'll be... right? Yes. Um, Gut from, issues. from laxatives, mm-hmm. um, electrolyte imbalances, heart failure, if problem, also problems with their kidney and liver. So, you know, if we can help in one way or another to spread awareness, then yeah. This is this is mm-hmm. going to be a great episode. <laughs> this is that episode. Yeah, this yeah. is that this is that episode. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's dive into a few of the subtle signs or possible warning signs of disordered eating, and a lot of these are experiences that we've had ourselves. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number one. Repeating phrases when it comes to food like, oh, I already ate or, oh, I'm not that hungry or I'm going to eat later. Okay, that that one's so <laughs> generic. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's okay. It says repeating signs. So that's a very specific uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's not like your, your grandma just like, hey, you want to eat? No, I'm okay, grandma. Yeah, or like yeah, you're at yeah. a, a friend's house. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, I, I ate something before yeah, just because you're embarrassed. Like when you're right? in like a Filipino <laughs> household, they're like, kain na. And then you're like, oh, no, okay lang po. No, thank you po. No. This is where it seems to be something you do frequently. Where every time somebody would offer you food, you would say no. And it's not actually because you already ate. It's kind of more of just trying to divert or not eat, essentially. Right? I did this a lot. So specifically when I was vegan, <laughs> uh, I don't think we talked about this so much in the pod. Or no, um, I we did I did have an episode with with Bai when we talked about v, uh, Nadine Luster going vegan, where I was vegan for six years of my life, and the main reason why I stopped is because it felt like another diet to me. It wasn't like a lifestyle choice for me for the animals or or the environment or anything. It was really just because I wanted to restrict myself in any way, shape, or form. And being vegan was so convenient at the time when I was in college, where if everybody asked or somebody was like, let's go eat out, let's go out for lunch. And I was like, I can't eat anything in the menu, so it's okay, no thanks. I wouldn't even say, sometimes I would go with them and I would just watch everybody eat. And they would just be like, are you sure you're not hungry? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I can't eat anything on the menu and I'm okay with that. And then now realizing that it was actually a really big telltale sign that I was kind of struggling with my relationship with food. Me, on the other hand, 
I never really vibe or I don't have any uh relate to this one because okay. I was bulimic. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes to every food. And then and then yeah. And then and then yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so it doesn't really it didn't really matter to me. Um like whether, whether you it be like not. Mm-hmm. a buffet, whether it be at a party, I'd find ways, you know, I'd find ways. Um, because I love food, right? Mm-hmm. I, like I, I love my food whole, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. My my whole journey was like, how can I do this without not without not not eating food, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, that was like the trade off. Like I get to eat everything, but then later I have to like, Bleh. yeah, I see. Yeah, so <laughs> I see. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I was also uh, a very big laxative abuser before, where I would take a lot every time I ate ate a lot. But for a majority of my relationship with food, specifically when I wasn't binge eating as much, uh, this was around uh, high school to like the first few years of college. My main thing was i'm just gonna try not to eat and that was always me coming up with any excuse i could to justify why i wasn't eating and i wasn't eating for many reasons one of it being i was so afraid to eat in front of people like i don't know why but there's just like this judgment that i felt like they would have if they saw me eat and then the other reason being i didn't want to eat because of course if i ate then that would mean having calories and having calories was what i saw as bad and all of these things you know what's funny when you said about the whole judging you while you're eating mm-hmm. i have never really been judged badly about the way i ate the only times that i would hear judgment would be like oh you look like you enjoy your food so much it makes me want to eat more too that was the only thing that i ever got from <laughs> Do you it. see that as a negative comment that that you look like you no. enjoy your food it makes you want to eat more food. no because it it makes it it makes everything more lively it makes everything more joyous i guess that me eating good food me being happy eating good food is also making people happy and want to eat good food yeah Mm-hmm. Right, but by the way, everybody Elijah thinks all food is good too. Yeah, that's why it's like, oh my god, you can eat this thing and make it look so good. I've had that too. It's like, how are you enjoying that? And it's just like, I've when we went, I've had times. Sorry, when we went to Japan and we were like eating all of these foods, and I was like vlogging our experience for personal memories and things like that. Literally after every single bite, Elijah's face was like. This is so good. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. That I'm just like, you say that for everything. Okay, when you go to a country and you're like, you try Wagyu, Kobe beef, but you it try wasn't just uni, that. Yeah, you try like candied <laughs> strawberries. You try daifukus, it's just like mochi. You try dango, stuff that you see on like Naruto and different animes. You try some of the best ramen. You really are gonna say, wow, this is so good. This is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying that Elijah loves, uh, like, enjoys food so much that literally everything for him is just delicious. Whenever you feel like you you have to divert from eating something, you have to make up an excuse because you don't want people to see you eat or you don't want to eat. And not for the reason of the food doesn't taste good or because because <laughs> you're in some stranger's house. These are some subtle signs that you may have to reassess your relationship with food in that aspect because that means that there's maybe fear of food and fear of eating that might be going on okay let's do another one here next one okay always watching food videos but never really allowing yourself to eat those foods did you do that? Uh, well, for yes, because I, for one, I'm broke. <laughs> for different reasons, Elijah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, watching videos. Like I said, I don't think this one works mm-hmm. for me because, yeah. because yeah. Um, but I would try to get my appetite going with that, and like, oh my god, that looks so. Oh, that looks so good. <laughs> I actually probably burnt a lot of money because of of my eating disorder like i would like oh my god that pizza looks good so i'd order a pizza and then boom oh Mm. that looks good i'll buy it 
boom and it's just like mm-hmm. oh so like sometimes you would sometimes taste it but not really eat them mm-hmm. i mean i'd swallow and then yeah I'd, nah. Yeah, and then yeah. not swallow. <laughs> you swallow. And then, then not swallow. swallow. <laughs> um, reverse swallow. What <laughs> reverse swallow? <laughs> like we're not making but, fun of. Uh, by the way, we're not making fun of the eating disorders or bulimia. Okay. Okay. Wait, so I just after, want to share that because sorry, we've sorry. experienced yeah, go, go. <laughs> because we've experienced these. It's just sometimes we. It's easier to laugh at yourself. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So. Um, but there was a point where I stopped being bulimic. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like a window period where I was like, oh, I'm going to go on a strict diet. And that's, that's, I think that's when I can most relate to it. Where like, uh, um, I think this was sometime during 2018-ish or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I, I went all strict, worked out. Uh, did was not bulimic. I was not up chucking my food, um, but I was working out hard, lifting weights, mm-hmm. and I was so very restrictive with my way. diet. <laughs> yeah, and I, but I was very restrictive with my diet too, right? So I would like watch all these videos of like um, eat thirty thousand calorie challenges on yes the on, cheat on, days on, 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 on the cheat mm-hmm. days, and I'm just mm-hmm. like fudge, fudge. I can't wait till it's Saturday. Because I, I, that's the day that I chose as my as my my week my cheat meal day. You or, no, not your week day. day. Are you like weekday? No, no. You E A K day. Yeah, sorry. No, no. <laughs> no, sorry. That was a slip of the tongue. But uh, what I meant was, um, I chose Saturday as my cheat day, and like, like, oh man, like I would like save up, like I would watch so many videos throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, that was hard. Uh, exactly. Same for me. Where. That was like the time I got really, really into a lot of like cooking shows. And like there's a difference from enjoying cooking shows, like just enjoying it. But there's this difference of kind of slight feeling of obsession around it, where like you have to watch another cooking video. You're watching all of these cooking videos and all of these cheat days. You're just watching other people eat because you wouldn't really let yourself eat. You know, there was really that time um, for me, it was the peak of my disordered eating which was around 2018 i think it was 2018 where i was literally on youtube looking for all of the 10,000 calorie challenge videos and that's actually how i found wow, natasha Ocean. matching matching <laughs> same year, by same, matching, year, same year 2018 <laughs> maybe we were watching the same videos um but that's when i found <laughs> that's when i found natasha Ocean actually because i was watching her 10,000 12,000 calorie challenge videos and I was like oh wow she's like super fit and she's like eating all of this food like that's my goal so now I'm gonna do cheat days as well but would never really allow myself to do it instead just watch videos baking videos cooking videos all of these things like I was obsessed with them for such a long time uh, or the like the professional eaters where they do the challenges and they're like Mm -hmm. Matt Stoney and uh, there's another one uh, the blonde guy but he's a he's a electric Eric the Electric, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eric the Electric, and See, I'm just like, we watch them. Dude, dude is, yeah, <laughs> dude is so freaking fit, and he's eating, he's scarfing down twenty thousand, thirty thousand, fifty thousand, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I-, I could do that too, right? I could do that. No, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna eat everything if I did that. Like, I but I wouldn't have, you know, like, oh, yeah. I was so like conflicting. That, I was so was frustrated. Like, that's, the goal. that's my goal to be able to eat. Yeah, that. that's you know, yeah. I want to do all of these things and be that thin, be that fit. Yeah, eat all that mm-hmm. I want. You know. But then that's not really how it is. Like competitive eaters literally have a lifestyle that revolves around competitive eating. So just so you know, <laughs> if you're like yeah, wondering why like, they're so fit and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Is because they have to, because you can't eat 30,000 calories every single day. And right. Like from what I know, Eric, the electric rides his bike like a hundred kilometers a day or something like that, mm-hmm. just in order to like burn through all of like, because put shoving down that much food in your stomach one that takes a toll on your body like it does and it takes practice right? because you have to <laughs> be able to stretch practice. your stomach to your that stomach, degree like to that degree yeah and i'm just like you know th- back then i'm just like oh he's just eating a lot of food and he works out but you don't realize the other side of the story where a lot of them do it because one it's their job mm-hmm. two There's like a they, whole they do suffer training. there's like a whole training process yeah. for it they have to suffer for it right and three, it's 
it's not that simple. It's you just can't do it unless you actually train to be a competitive mm-hmm. eater. Yeah. But the obsession of watching them was insane. <laughs> now oh my god, I, that was oh. I actually have a hard time watching those videos now from the the like competitive eaters like i'm trying to watch matt stoney videos now and i I can't sit through a whole video anymore like i did before like because he's just eating you know and it's not like i don't enjoy it or anything it's just like it's not the same as like it doesn't hit the same as before where i would like literally watch them eat and be like oh my god i'm eating with them vicariously through the screen but so you know uh that's a that was a time in my life (laughs) You know, I still watch those like beard meets food. Like for oh, me, yeah. it's more of like, mm-hmm. oh, the food looks really good. Yeah. Oh, I want to see if he can take down the five pound ramen challenge challenge. And it's just like, I like that. And I sometimes I watch those videos to get me like to get my appetite going at the same time, get inspiration of what food to eat. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's been some of my problems. You get inspiration nowadays, like, of food to eat from watching somebody eat they're like having a ramen challenge <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 like like sometimes like okay i'm gonna make noodle soup now you know not not i'm not necessarily gonna get the kit like ramen or like or like like sometimes like the biggest bowl of ramen <laughs> Ate, can you get a palangana and fill it up with chicken noodle soup thank you i'm doing the ramen challenge <laughs> <laughs> or like like so there's oh he has he's gonna get a sandwich so maybe i'll okay. order subway okay. or something like that okay i get that something now like that. it's it, just like it's funny because you're like i get inspiration from people eating like <laughs> i do want to like, try you know, a challenge one of like these a days mound of like hot cheetos <laughs> like that's what I'm gonna eat. <laughs> or, or like Eric the electric ordering everything on Sonic and just like eating it. <laughs> like, I know what I'm gonna have for lunch, you know. But okay, so back to the topic. That's one of the big reasons why you may be watching a lot of food videos. You might be thinking, oh, I just love food and just wa- love watching this content. That could be a factor. That could definitely be it. But we also have to take a look at the other aspect of, are you just watching these food videos because you're not allowing yourself to eat these foods? And by vicariously eating through other people, it feels like you're able to eat them when you're also not really, you know? Yeah, I, I really do agree that. I feel like a lot of like, fitness influencers and like you know people who are really restrictive their diet Mm -hmm. i feel like that's their i guess getaway yeah if that's their Mm -hmm. if that's the right term in order to satisfy their mental cravings Mm -hmm. but it's not really satisfying it Mm -hmm. it's not really satisfying it yeah yeah okay so let's get into into another one over here having food rituals so food rituals being like there's a specific order that you have to eat your food, whether it's veggies first, rice first, or something like that. Or maybe there are specific things of like food not touching your plate or uh, food not touching each other on the plate, things like that. So these could be some aspects of disordered eating as well. Did you have any of those food rituals? I mean, I still do. Um, uh-huh. Like... I have to have the perfect ulam to rice ratio. Rice ratio. <laughs> okay. Um, if I can't mix the veggies with the with the meal or the meat or the rice, I have to eat the veggies first. Okay. I don't know why, because I just I like veggies, but at the same time, like I want to get rid of them first. Because sometimes, if like I can't mix it with the food, I don't really like like the taste type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. So um let's talk about some yeah. other specific ones that might give a little bit more of a like an idea for some of them would be like taking apart your food like you have to take like yeah you, you make them like really really small let's say you're eating a chicken so you really try to make him i as much as possible that way you feel like you're eating more food when you're actually um eating very oh, little yeah. for example Definitely. I, I, that was I think that was the biggest thing that I did before when I was dieting, restricting and stuff like that is mm-hmm. I would like, like, okay, okay, cut this part up small, eat choo-choo, mm-hmm. cut it up, eat mm-hmm. choo-choo and just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's been 15 minutes eating. Like it, like you also did the 15 minute um, eating thing, mm-hmm. chew more. You mix it up with different habits and yeah. stuff to make you feel more full. 
Yeah. And I, I like think you're drinking that, that's a sip of water at after every bite. You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was another ritual is like, I would, I would drink water. I think I would have at least three glasses of water per meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's not like out of thirst. It's like out of just trying to keep no, yourself, no. make yourself full. Yeah. Full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are some things actually, it's used as a technique for those who have kidney concerns to cut up your protein sources and make it flakes because you're not really allowed to eat a lot of protein when you have kidney concerns. So it's usually helpful in that regard. But when you're doing it because you're trying to eat as little as possible, it's something to take a look at. Okay, So these are some of those food rituals that we might be doing. Sometimes it could also be... Um, having a specific order like you only allow yourself to eat the veggies first you have to eat it first not because of let's say taste preference but out of just like you have to fill yourself up with low calorie foods before you allow yourself to eat the other foods you know those are the different types of food rituals we might have that could be related to disordered eating you know it could also be related to other health concerns uh, other mental health concerns like ocd mm. or anxiety yep. um as yep. well actually even depression like it, it yeah. can also be a sign. I'm not. I'm not saying oh you have you're depressed or anything, but like it it can be attributed to. Mm-hmm. Like again, we're saying these things not to make you worry, not to diagnose, diagnose you. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what are other ones? Oh, like your rituals I can think of. This isn't mm. like prayers or anything, okay? Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make it a little bit clearer <laughs> as well. This isn't like praying before you eat or something like that. It's just like we're not summoning. We're not summoning anything. <laughs> it's like the eatings in specific ways that might allow you to stick to more rigid rules that might, you know, make you feel anxious around food or anything like that. Okay, so that's something that we have to look into a little bit. So another tendency would be when it comes to like food rituals, but not just food rituals in general, but when it comes to food would be to douse your food in like low calorie condiments and seasonings. So it's like mustards and ketchup and all these things. And this is actually a big thing for a lot of individuals who are struggling with their relationship with food is because you want to focus on like low calorie foods that you can load yourself up on because you don't want to be eating like either good tasting food so you're loading it up on like flavors and tastes Uh, that's one aspect on it or also because it's low calorie and that's why you feel like okay this is something that's safe and i have to eat a lot of it as well i think this also applies to a lot of like bodybuilders they do that because they have a lot of a lot of them especially like the the traditional ones they have like very bland diets where there's like chicken rice and broccoli so i think some of them do tend to put like low to no calorie sauces just to make it not monotonic because that's basically yeah, all they but eat. then that's like more of like their sport and that's like requirements for them to be able oh, to no, fit but into like, that i feel like like in my opinion i feel like a lot of them do have some sort of eating disorder yeah but no. there are a lot of them who are actually well i don't know in love it's, with the sport it's it's hard to kind of navigate that. Of course, a lot of them do develop uh, unhealthy relationships with food, as most athletes really do in general, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's rigid, it's restrictive, you have specific goals. Yeah. A lot of that really affects your relationship with food in some way, shape or form. Um, and a lot of bodybuilders actually come out to say that when they are in their peak shape, they are the most hangry, they are the most tired, they have no yeah. energy. Exactly. They're frustrated, but also they're, it's a sport. It's like a job yeah. for them. So there's like the whole other aspect to, to that. Yeah, I feel like this mostly can be a problem like during retirement when it's uh-huh. like mm-hmm. you're done competing and it's just like, oh, where does my lifestyle take me? Like 30 years, 25 years of competing, you know, gaining weight losing weight gaining weight mm-hmm. losing weight and you're to the point where you've already retired you're done competing it's like where do i go from there possibly but in yeah. the terms of like disordered eating most of the time we would like focus so much on low calorie foods and load up on yeah. that not because we actually like it but because we're literally yeah. needing more fuel and more satisfaction you know um that's something that is also very important to look at is are you eating a food because it's low calorie or are you eating it because you actually enjoy it? 
And that's something that we take a look at, let's say, with the quote-unquote alternatives that we have out there. And it's something that I feel like I actually draw a very thin line with for myself because I tend to reach for more of the zero-calorie sodas. But in my mind, I'm not really sure if I'm reaching for it because I like the taste better or if it's because it's zero-calorie and it makes me feel safe, quote-unquote safe, when I take something that's zero-calorie. Like... In my head, that's still something I'm kind of tossed up against. Why I choose to do more low-calorie sodas, zero-calorie, zero-sweetener sodas, and sometimes feel afraid to take the full version whenever it's there. I guess I'll own up to it. I feel like a lot of my fears, like I would choose... Well, nowadays, I really do like the taste of low-calorie stuff, especially sodas, first actual sodas. I don't know why. I just like the taste. Even the aftertaste is good for me. But for me, it's not even about the gaining weight anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a fear. It's more of like health fears versus I'm going to gain weight fears, right? So mine stems for like, oh, if I like drinking sodas, but then again, I don't really drink as much sodas anymore either. So I don't know. <laughs> well, Maybe that's what it used to be before, but now it's yeah. more like mm-hmm. I don't really drink as much anymore either. So I don't know. But just to also clarify, disordered eating doesn't just come from like you wanting to control your weight. It's also from oh yeah, definitely in like fear of your health and fear of all of these things. That's why we have something called orthorexia, which is the unhealthy obsession with being healthy. And now this obsession with low calorie foods because of this fear of how it affects your health and all of these things can also lead to the other side of the spectrum of disordered eating. And that's why it's so important to know that there is a thin line between your um, being mindful and knowing or wanting to take care of your body versus disordered eating as well. So let's take a look at another one here. It is skipping meals after eating too much. Okay, so this is a subtle sign because it's kind of hard to navigate when somebody is skipping a meal because they're afraid that they ate too much or when somebody is not eating because they are physically full you know there's there's kind of like some navigation there that's a little bit difficult yeah that's true like if you had dinner and you had a buffet the following day you're still full so you don't eat breakfast i guess that's fine or you don't eat like versus such a big breakfast like, mm-hmm. yeah versus you eat a big lunch and it's like oh i had like 1800 calories already like i don't think i should eat dinner anymore I, mm-hmm. those are like you know your if your if your mentality is the first one then you're, i mean i guess that's normal if you're if you're full feel full right you mm-hmm. shouldn't force yourself to keep eating um whereas if you're thinking about like oh too much calories or oh like uh whatever you know mm-hmm that type of mentality then maybe it's a sign right for example there are times where we have like a really heavy dinner or a lunch sorry a really heavy lunch and then dinner rolls in but now you're so full and you can't think of what to eat for dinner but personally for me i wouldn't skip my dinner why because if you now skip that meal tomorrow's breakfast you might feel extra hungry because you weren't able to eat that last meal so what i would recommend is not necessarily to skip the meal but to have a smaller thing anything it can be a fruit it can be a snack or just something just so that it doesn't affect your hunger for the following day or maybe even for the following meal, because you still don't want to intensify that hunger leading to binges or feeling uncomfortable with food later on. I totally agree with you. I mean, I feel like a lot of health stuff, right? When you find, when you get diagnosed or something happens, a lot of it's re- retrospective where, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Oh, I should have thought. I feel like with eating disorders, one thing that I feel like we could do is thinking about like, oh, okay, if I did this with my current lifestyle, how would it affect me? Like one of the things that that Joe just brought up is the skipping dinner things. Um, I would sometimes skip dinner if I ate too much beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I realized that was a bad idea because I'm a night owl. Mm-hmm. So when it gets to like 9, 10, 11, 12, I get so hungry and then I end up binging. 
Mm-hmm. And then I could have literally avoided that if I just had dinner. Yeah. You know. And that's that's also something we have to recognize. It's not just like an eating disorder thing, but also like a general human thing where understanding exactly. your body is a really important part of navigating your um your food journey as well. But it gets heightened when you have disordered eating patterns because this now gives you reasons to skip or to control or try to control yourself and makes you feel uncomfortable around food as well so these are just um some of those things to look at are you skipping meals because you're actually full like really truly full or are you skipping meals because you feel like you shouldn't be eating anymore because it's bad or you're not allowed to Mm. you know there's a very thin line between that as well Mm -hmm. okay yeah Let's go into. Oh. oh, yeah. Sorry, I just want to add that. Um, even if you eat a like small amount, I feel like it's a good habit to make, right? Yeah. Because your meal timing and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. by not skipping the meal, even if you're you're full or you think you ate too much, you still have that. Oh, meal timing. I said I gotta eat this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when the next day rolls over, like there's no sense of like. Oh, but I feel more extra hungry this morning, like stuff that Joe said earlier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I, I feel like it's a good habit to still not skip a meal. Yeah. Again, we're not saying that if you just had like a buffet and we're telling you to like make sure you eat still when you get home, but more of just try to see if like the length of time that you're not going to be able to eat will affect your next meal. You know, because if it's like you had a buffet for lunch, you eat, ended eating eating at three and then you decide I'm just going to skip dinner. Your next meal is going to be what time? Like 7 a.m., 6 a.m. And while some people are okay with that, some people might feel extra hungry and then might feel quite uncomfortable. Okay. All right. So let's go into another one here. Very moody, having a lot of mood swings, hangry, irritable, constantly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. Oh man, that's me. That's you definitely me. I get hangry so bad. <laughs> you get hangry so bad. <laughs> no, I don't. On our recent trip to Jap- in our recent trip to Japan, Joe would make no, like small mini. <laughs> yeah, she does it. No, it's a cute. It's a cute hangry, guys. <laughs> uh, I can say that yeah. you're my. I'm just kidding. Uh, do we do we do we announce it to the? <laughs> we announced it already, but we don't announce it. Yeah, this is gonna be a little bit uh, later. This is gonna be like months. Yeah, <laughs> uh, months away. Okay, continue. If you guys don't know, me and Joe are engaged now. <laughs> Even though this is gonna be yeah. posted like months, months after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Joe gets hangry. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm hungry for the <laughs> Are you no. hungry now? Are you hungry? Did you eat dinner yet? Are you skipping meals? Huh? Tell no. the truth. So, um, this is something that's very important to recognize because I had a client recently who we were talking about this, and then okay, so they're eating more regular meals now, and then they were saying that one of the biggest things that they didn't realize was how their mood was affected by um their hangriness because they have a they have a partner and then their partner is like wow hindi ka na mataray ngayon ha parang hindi ka na nainis palagi and that really connected them more so we realize how disordered eating doesn't just affect you but it really does it also affects your relationship with others because you have to realize that being hungry a lot keeps your energy low, makes you moody, makes you stressed. And that now impacts how we connect with other people around us. And when I was in high school, every time I'd come home in the weekends, because I was like restricting all weekday. Um, for those who don't know, I, went, I was in an art school doing ballet. So um, it was a dorm. So during the weekdays, I'd be restricting, not eating rice, very, very little eating. In the weekends, I come home and I would just like lock myself in my room and not talk to anybody. And my family was always kind of talking about how I'm so masungit and stuff like that. But it was because I'm always hangry. Dang. See? 
She outed herself right there. I said <laughs> before. Kidding. I'm not hangry yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how the way I can explain hangriness is it it's very logical if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. You're hungry, so your body is telling you that you're hungry. And when you prolong it, your body tries to tell you more. The knock becomes a big tap on the door so like what? it gets more uncomfortable yeah 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 like like normal hunger is like oh it's knocking hey tuk, 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 <laughs> hey your body's hungry that's your body telling you that you're hungry and then you prolong it more and it becomes boom 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 hey okay, i'm banging. hungry let's eat something now and ba- yeah what did i say about tapping like you're like a big tapping tap on oh yeah door. sorry <laughs> <laughs> guys big tap means bang okay, okay. <laughs> that's the new term now means big taps no no Okay, so banging the pa 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 pa. Hey, you're hungry now, so let's eat food. Mm-hmm. So of course, that sensation is you know it, your body's telling you, your hormones telling you like oh ghrelin overload is telling mm-hmm. you oh you are hungry. So when you finally eat, you get happy because your body produces endorphins, oxytocin, hormones that make you happy and relieved. So very logical actually if you think about it. Yeah, exactly. That's also why when we talk about like the levels of hunger, there would be three. Number one is your low energy, you're like feeling ravenous and like you're just gonna faint. You could possibly faint. Number two is hangry. And then number three is I could eat. Like I should probably eat. So the first level would be you're hungry. And then when you hit hangry, once you've passed hangry, you are now just super energyless and just like exhausted and like hungry and those are like the different steps that you can notice where when you hit hangry levels probably means you are extra hungry and you probably should have eaten maybe a few minutes or maybe even an hour ago to help allow yourself to be more satisfied right so i i always know when i'm about to hit hangry and i always tell elijah i'm like i'm gonna be hangry soon so you better choose a place to eat because we're not gonna be friends after this (laughs) why get hangry (laughs) Um, I don't think so. I think I mean, just, I, I say I do. I yeah. say I do. Mm-hmm. But I think but you're I just never friendly show it, all the time. I? Like, I, I think you're just a friendly, friendly hunger all oh, the no, time. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I, I think my hangriness comes out when somebody brings out their hangriness. So then I, mm. I, I feel like my hangriness is more of like, I have a short fuse. I need to have a trigger. And the mm-hmm. being hungry is not the trigger you're like to make me hangry. You're like responsive hanger. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm responsive, hangry. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are times that me and Jodie and argue. It's like, I, I, help me choose a place to eat, and she's like, I'm already hungry. Just look for a place now. It's like, why do I have to choose? It's like, and then it's just like that, and then we end up eating at like a conveyor belt sushi place. <laughs> so that's just something that they that was they, in Japan. <laughs> All of these examples are just in Japan. Yeah. So these are just some things to look into if you're always feeling moody, if you're always feeling irritable, easy, easily irritable. It could mean that you probably need some fuel, you know, because food is there to keep you happy, literally and figuratively. Okay. Let's do one last. <laughs> All right, last one. Okay. Last one of the episode. Here we go skipping social events because you're afraid to eat i don't think this is yeah oh wait 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 no no no. but also include to that like not going out with friends or going to a dinner with family i don't like social events those are kind of events okay yeah um (laughs) what are those for you (laughs) yeah no oh well um yeah this is not for me like what i said earlier i would say yes i'm not sure if it was just earlier but i feel like we had a previous podcast where i would go out with my friends no matter what mm-hmm. yeah because like i would like eat a, with them everybody's friend and we'll hang out with everybody all the time so i feel like this one doesn't um connect with you but that's also an example of just because you feel these things uh, or you don't feel these things doesn't mean that you don't have to look into your relationship with food as well because these are things yeah. that aren't like still affect those who are struggling with their relationship with weight again. Because these are things that still happen. What am I saying? Because these are things that 
They don't have to happen for you to be struggling with your relationship with food. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. So nice one. Nice one. <laughs> take, I was like, what, take three? That was, was like a three. journey there. Okay. So yeah, there are times where I've also had clients who would talk to me and tell me about this, where it's like their friend would invite, but they were too afraid to eat or have anything to eat or be like, feel like they would eat too much or feel like they couldn't control themselves around ordering out and they would just skip it, you know? So that really affects your relationship with others, your connection with people, and it will affect your mental health even further because you're feeling FOMO without being able to hang out with other people. I did this so many times where, okay, I'm sorry to all of my friends or all of the people that I used to um, hang out with because I am a flaky person. I was a very, very flaky person. And the reason why I was so flaky is because my disordered eating brain just took over every time we were about to go out. Like, let's say, and and I don't want to use this as like an excuse of like how mental health made me a bad friend, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I, I just admit I was not a good friend. And that's why I don't really have a lot of friends now, <laughs> because my disordered eating really just took over my whole my whole life essentially but okay so somebody would invite and be like hey let's go get some drinks or like let's go have dinner and be like yes again gee let's go and then like an hour before my anxiety would be up so high because i'm like what am i gonna eat how am i gonna eat so i just be like sorry something came up I got to go. I can't go and things like that. And that would happen so many times. And the biggest memory I have of this is just that I slept through my hangout with somebody because I was so anxious. I forgot to even tell them. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, I forgot that we were supposed to go have like drinks and things. So, you know, it's a really big part of that social isolation because of your disordered eating. Yeah. It's very debilitating, honestly. Like, and that's why it should really be considered eating disorder should really be, but it is considered, it should be really taken more seriously because it is yes. a mental health condition. Mm-hmm. A lot of mental health conditions does that too, right? Where like generalized anxiety disorder mm-hmm. can have that same effect. Depression. We take that serious depression. We take those things seriously, but why does it feel like eating disorder is just like, Oh, let's brush it off. I think the big question would also be, do we really take it seriously? I'm not sure if we really take them seriously yet. <laughs> I feel like anxiety. in the Philippines, mm-hmm. it's not so much. But like yeah. I said earlier, like more people, more people are advocating for it. More yeah. people are, you know, wanting people to seek therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, there's more psychiatrists now, actually. It's actually one of the most sought out uh residencies uh, specializations in the united states right now where you need to have a really high score oh, in, in your states. licensure exams <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. you know but um you know um and that's a that's a step towards making it more known and taking mm-hmm. it seriously but i feel like here in the philippines not so much you know a lot of a lot We're getting of getting there more, for sure i am seeing a lot are, more on like social media talking about being like yeah, a psychologist but you know you you still have the whole kaha computer or anxiety anxiety depression depression go outside and go play yeah and just like yeah that's actually so why eating disorders are so important to be talked about because people see it as many different things. Number one, matakaw ka lang. Number two, amaarte ka lang, kaya hindi ka kumakain. Number three, all you need is discipline and just work harder. Like, there's so many things that you would hear about disordered eating without understanding that it's literally a mental disorder or condition. Uh, disorder? Condition. Condition. It's literally a mental condition. condition where it's affecting not just your eating, but literally your mental state. And this is why it's so important to emphasize. And people are just talking about how, yeah, you shouldn't restrict yourself because that's not how you're supposed to lose weight. Like you don't lose weight through restriction. It's not just about losing weight. It's 
not just about that. There's so much more to it. And that's why to notice these subtle signs can be a very life-saving impact on somebody out there. And hopefully this episode can be helpful for you to navigate your relationship with food more, to give you more awareness, and also maybe give you a little bit more awareness of the people around you and how they're dealing with food. Because sometimes we don't know, or most of the time, we don't know who's struggling. Yeah, um, people can look fine on the outside, but deep down, not so much. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, before we go, mm-hmm. again, we would like to remind you, um, this was not meant to scare you. This was not meant to diagnose you. Mm-hmm. It was just to give um, introspect on introspective eating disorders yeah, yeah. introspective views <laughs> on introspective? eating disorders like looking within okay type of things okay yeah i'm literally asking because i don't know yeah so <laughs> why, why watch people like so life is so stupid that's not what introspective <laughs> means i'm pretty sure that's what it means guys oh, yeah. okay <laughs> okay i used retro earlier now i'm using intro um but if you feel like you do relate to this or you know someone who does, then uh, go and consult. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good idea. Good uh, Consult maybe a dietitian first. If you can, yes. Mm-hmm. If you can, you consult a psychiatrist or both if you have the finances or if you have the time and the, the resources to do so. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh, this was a great episode. I liked it a lot. I was able to connect with some, like at least half of them. Um, and which shows that not all eating disorders are alike, guys. See, like mm-hmm. even with me, um, I have, I feel like I had some of the toughest times with my eating disorders. And yet I was only able to ref- uh, to relate with half of them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So... Exactly. Yeah. Just because we didn't mention it doesn't mean that. Damn it! Not again. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Oh my god! <laughs> Are you hangry? Do you need food? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, again, you don't have to experience these things just uh, for you to be struggling with your relationship with food. There are many other um, signs or many other ways that disordered eating can show up. So be mindful, be aware, and take care of your body and yourself. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening to us. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. the end of the episode thank you so much for listening in and i hope it was helpful for you on your journey if you want to be part of the next episodes then don't forget to follow the pod over here where you're listening or follow us at the donut box pod on instagram you can also follow me at it's joe sebastian on instagram tiktok youtube x Threads, and you can also follow at healwithjoe.rnd on Instagram for more nutrition things. The Donut Box Podcast is an anime podcast podcast, so don't forget to follow them as well for the latest pods. Until the next episode, don't forget you always deserve to eat.